Welcome to the Encounter YA podcast, helping young adults follow Jesus. Here are your hosts, Garrett Cars and Annika Carter. Today on the Encounter YA podcast, we sit down with Pastor Mike Woodard to talk about how he came to Christ, his call to ministry, and his new church plant right in Lawrence, Kansas. Hey, everybody. We're so excited to have Mike Woodard on the show today. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. So we haven't actually started the podcast with this question in quite a time. So I don't even know if we've started the podcast with this question on this season yet. But normally, we ask this question to open up the podcast but is what is one thing that you would say to young adults to encourage them or anything else? What's one thing that you would say to young adults? Um, yeah, so I think one of the, um, I, I used to be a young adults pastor and I love working with young adults and college students. Um, and one thing that I uh, have noticed over the years that if there were three words that I could use to describe young adults, uh, it would be busy, broke, and bothered. Um, I think those three uh, pretty pretty well describe us. Uh, I'm still in that age range, and so I'll throw myself in there as well. Um, we're all busy. We're all, you know, in some way or another, are you know struggling to um, you know find means to to make it on our own. And then we're also kind of bothered with how the world is and how the world works and what we see, uh, and you know, in the world and the injustices that there are. And so um, I would say if you're a young adult and you're feeling busy, broke, or bothered, I would say there are still ways to make impact, even though you're dealing with those three things. Um, and you're in, you're in a time of life where you're making some of the biggest decisions uh, of your life and uh, decisions that will have, you know, potentially lifelong consequences. And so stay in community, you know, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. That is so true. Stay in good community, Christ-centered community. And uh, even though you may be feeling busy and broke and bothered, God can still use you in amazing ways, regardless of of how you may feel right now. Yeah, that's really good. So the next question that we use a lot for our interviews um, that we love to give our young adults resources and a wide range of them. And so um, we always want to ask our uh, interviews, what's one resource that you would recommend um, for young adults? Yeah, so I would say um, a book that I think changed changed my life and changed my perspective on my relationship with Jesus would probably, probably be a book called Follow Me by David Platt. Um, I've read that book uh, several times now. I've done like a, like a men's group, you know, through that book. And that book just brings a lot to the surface that I think um, just cultural Christianity, we don't really talk about a lot. And I think he, he talks about those things. And I think it kind of can recalibrate what it really means to follow Jesus. Um, and he talks a lot about like, um, you know, just because you may, may have raised your hand in a service doesn't mean that, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're, you, you get, may have given your, your life to Christ, like you say you have, but does your life really look like it? Um, and that, you know, that's, that's huge, you know, like those moments of salvation are important. Um, but also like what flows from that salvation is, is really, you know, what matters. And so, uh, that's how we know, you know, that we're saved is when there's fruit from that. And so, um, so yeah, I would say, uh, follow me by David Platt has a lot of good things in it. And I think could really wreck your world in a great way. Mm-hmm. What is one thing from that book that you felt like you needed to put into practice in terms of when you read it, were you convicted in any way? And and how did that change, change the way you looked at following Jesus? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, um, I'm trying to think, I, 
been a while since I looked at it, but I, I remember there was one um, one particular part, and I don't know if you you've probably heard of Radical by mm-hmm. David Platt as well. But they are very similar books. I mean, Radical was really impactful for my life as well. Um, but he does kind of hit on some of the, the same themes in terms of like evangelism and how you know reaching others. And so uh, one part of Follow Me that really always messed with me is kind of our culture's view on hell. Um, and I don't know like how much you want me to go into this, but like we kind of just throw around that term like it's nothing. Like, um, and the way he was he was saying like let's like really think about that for a minute. And like when we grasp that reality that that hell is is real, uh, it kind of motivates you, right? Like it's it, it motivates us to go out and evangelize more and um, and leverage the things in our life um, for the kingdom. Uh, and that actually reminds me of another thing that I love from that book. Um, he said. Uh, that a lot of times we're, and this is great for young adults too. This is so good. He he said like, you know, we are sometimes afraid to tell God, like God, do whatever you want with my life or God have it all. Like we're afraid to do that because we feel like he's going to send us off to the bush in Africa and we're going to be miserable our whole life, you know, living in like a tent or something. And while that may be the case, we also know that God is a good father. And this is what he was saying. Like God is a, a father who cares about us. Um, and so in the same way, like if, you know, you had a kid, like my son, for example, like if my son came up and said, daddy, I'll do, I'll do anything you want. I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to, me to, me to do. I'm not going to make him miserable because he said that, you know what I mean? And so God, and, and I'm an imperfect father and God's a perfect father, you know? And so, um, he would do, you know, even, even more so that just because you give him your life doesn't mean he's going to make you miserable. So I think that's big, especially for young adults. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. Uh, one thing that we wanted to talk about, you were recently here at Encounter and you absolutely crushed your message and you did an amazing job, but I wanted our audience to get to know you just a little bit more. So could you share with yeah. us kind of your story? How you, how did you come to Christ and then um, how did you feel called to ministry as well? Yeah, so uh, I gave my life to Christ uh, when I was 15 years old. Uh, I don't, uh, not a lot of people can remember the date, but I remember the date. It was September 22nd, 2008. Uh, I was a 10th grader and kind of grew up in and around the church and got put with a certain um, small group leader around that time that really influenced my life. Um, and I kind of just made this decision one day of like, wow, I really want to uh, go all in for this. And I'm, you know, I don't want to care what people think about the way I live my life or the way that my faith affects my life. Um, and what's, what's cool that I feel like the part I like sharing about my story of how I came to Christ is that it wasn't at a church service. And it wasn't uh, at a camp, you know, like a lot of stories are that, are, are like that. And that's great. Um, but I was at my grandma's house after school one day. That's usually where I went after school. And I was just there. And all of a sudden it was like, man, you know, like I, I'm ready to go all in. And I just made like this personal decision. And uh, in a way, never really looked back. Like it wasn't like a, you know, it hasn't been perfect or beautiful or perfect since then. But um, that was the moment where that, you know, that changed for me. And so, um, yeah, so when I say I gave my life to, you know, to Christ at my grandma's house, um, I was reading uh, Jackie Hope Perry's book. This is years later, obviously. Um, Gay, Gay Girl, Good God, I think is what it's called. And she has this line in the book that resonated with me so much because it was essentially how I got saved. Because she got saved at, um, I think it was like at her mom's house or something like that. It wasn't at a church. Uh, similar story. And uh, the line was, who gave mercy my address? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that is beautiful, right? And 
uh, I remember thinking like, wow, like that's, that's me, right? Like that's how it felt. Like, how did you find me here? Kind of thing. Well, fast forward, you know, a few months, I read this book like a few months before this. Um, I, I had an opportunity to be in this, uh, this video series called Christian Sexuality and Jackie O'Perry was in it. And, um, we actually got put on the same, uh, schedule. So we recorded together, which was really cool. So we got to hang out with me and my wife got to hang out with Jackie O'Perry for a little while, which was really fun. And so we're sitting there and this is kind of, it's kind of a funny story, kind of embarrassing on my part, but we're sitting there and she's like, uh, or, you know, we're talking or whatever. And I said, Hey, so I read your book a few months ago and she was like, Oh, thank you. You know? And I was like, yeah, I was like, there's this line in your book that, um, that really resonated with me. I was like, cause I had a similar story. The line was who gave love my address. And she goes, mercy. And I was like, Oh, oh. Like, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Like I had one shot like to tell her <laughs> she impacted my life and I messed it up. She corrected but, you. What, what a yeah, great editor. Oh, yeah. I mean, within a split second, like she, like she knew that whole thing by heart, you know? Yeah. Now, it was mercy, mercy gave, you know, who gave mercy my address. Yeah, that's really awesome. (laughs) That's so funny. I love that. (laughs) That's pretty good. I like that. Um, So yeah, so I I, at my grandma's house is when I gave my life to Christ. Uh, Again, just not a church service or or a summer camp. It was just like this decision that I made and really never looked back. And so I I started leading a small group at that time in our student ministry um, and just fell in love with seeing like the light bulb go off and, you know, for people and uh, explaining the things of God to people explaining the Bible and just seeing people understand it. Uh, I just fell in love with that. And I think the Lord used that to um, form and mold a call to ministry in my life. And I wasn't really sure, um, you know, like what that was going to look like. And so going into college, I didn't go for ministry. I uh, went for communication and then was going to change my major um, to something else. And, uh, and like I had thought Christian studies or like a religion or ministry degree was going to be what I was going to do. And I started thinking, I was like, I I still don't even know if I'm going to end up doing this. And so I'm just going to do something I think I'll enjoy. And if the Lord wants me in ministry, I'll end up in ministry. And so I ended up getting a marketing degree and um, started interning at our church. And that kind of turned into a a full-time job in a matter of years. And uh, yeah, I've been in ministry ever since um, and grateful for it. I think that's awesome. I think one of the things that I would love for you to expand on is like, did you see that natural progression between your marketing degree and your transition into ministry? Or was that something that God like had to reveal to you over time? Um, yeah, actually, I, um, it's funny because like I think about studying marketing back then with this like heart for ministry. Um, and I remember talking about, yeah, I want to do like, uh, marketing ministry or ministry marketing, like however you want to say it. And I remember even then, so I went to Charleston Southern University in South Carolina, and I had also applied to this other school called uh, North Greenville University in the upstate South Carolina. And uh, they had just introduced, this was, this was 2011, so this is 10 years ago. And it's just crazy how much things have changed. They had just introduced that year this new major called media ministry. And you know, that now it's like a duh, you know, social media yeah. and online <laughs> events and Zoom. And it's like, of course, you know, but back then it was like this brand new thing. Um, and I thought, yeah, that sounds cool. Like I'm going to do that. Uh, and ended up not going to North Greenville State at Charleston Southern. 
And once I ended up being like this marketing major, um, I started talking like, yeah, I want to intertwine the two. And nobody knew what I was talking about. <laughs> you know, I was like, what do you mean? You know? And it's like, well, you know, at the time I'm thinking, you know, reaching people like, um, which is marketing, but now it's so much of a digital marketing, you know? And, and at the time that wasn't as popular as it is now. And now I feel like it drives so much. And so I feel like, especially now I'm in the church planting world, like it's marketing. I mean, yeah. you can call it whatever you want. And I don't know, you know, some people aren't comfortable calling it that it's marketing, you know, it's, it's getting the, the message into people's uh, hands and, you know, in front of their faces and in their eyes. And that's, that's what it's all about, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we use it, we have our, you know, specialized mediums for that nowadays. So. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's great. So after you kind of um, obtained your degree and you started pursuing um, working in a church full time, then a little down the road, you decide to write a book. So some of our listeners may not know that, but can you tell us a little about um, your book and what it's about and then kind of how that um, message was put on your heart by God? Yeah. Um, so I, I had always written. So like writing is something that I've always loved to do, wrote stories as a little kid and just you know, that's what I've always done. Um, and, uh, had always thought, you know, like I could never write a book. Like I I could never do that. I don't have enough to say, you know, and, um, when I started like speaking a lot, um, and writing a lot of messages just for the nature of my job, um, I started thinking like, okay, there's kind of like a, a theme here. And I know that, you know, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but with young adults, like they're trying to figure out what their purpose is in life. And so, uh, what if I wrote something that would help young adults find that purpose? Um, and so, yeah, I just, I just started writing and then, uh, definitely did like a kind of a, um, I don't know what to, like a, like a Jerry rig version of writing a book. That's what it felt like. I mean, I, um, uh, wrote, wrote it on my computer. And then when it was done, I went to, um, office depot, <clears throat> you know, print them all, print them all off, spell, you know, all this money on printing them off, have friends proofread it. Um, and you know, thank God that they're willing to read through it all. And, uh, I'm like, all right, got my editors, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that are my, you know, that I uh, don't even write or read, but they're, uh, editor editing my book. And so, um, and so I, uh, did that and then went through like the self publishing process and, you know, got to use some of the, you know, my marketing background for that. And it was cool. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say it took off by any means, but it was a cool project that I got to like see through and, uh, and really the people that, that read it enjoyed it, you know, and it had an impact on them. And, um, and so it was cool. It was a cool experience and definitely something I would want to do, you know, later down the road again. Mm-hmm. What was, um, is there kind of like a key story or a key theme that you feel like God, uh, used your book in one certain way that you saw repeatedly in people's lives? Yeah, I think, um, one of the biggest things this is not just for young adults. This is for anybody. I think we over complicate and sometimes even like over spiritualize our purpose on earth. Um, and I love like being able to try to simplify that for people that it's mm-hmm. like, you do have a, like you have a purpose on this earth. You have a primary purpose, which is to bring glory to God and, uh, and to be loved by God. So glorify God, be loved by God. That's your purpose on earth primarily. And then, you use that to figure out your secondary purpose. And so now, like, as I navigate or, you know, you know, people's with people in their lives and, you know, the decisions they make, especially with young adults, like, you know, I I was talking to this guy not too long ago who was trying to figure out, you know, do I take this job uh, in 
DC or do I take this job locally? They both have pros and cons. And what that idea does that I just said, it provides a filter. It's like, okay, so if your purpose on earth is to glorify God and be loved by God, it sounds like you can do that from both jobs. And so now you start thinking like secondarily, like if my purpose is to, you know, uh, make disciples or my purpose is to evangelize or, you know, you can start to think like, where can I more effectively do those things? Um, and, uh, and then, you know, it kind of creates like a, a way for you to make decisions. And so I think that's huge when people are navigating, you know, their purpose in life. Um, cause I think that's a question that everybody has and everybody's wondering like, you know, what's the right move I don't, or, or this is the most common thing. It's like, what if I make the wrong decision? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what, you know, I could derail everything, you know, and, uh, we're not powerful enough to derail God's plan That's for cool. our lives. And if our purpose is to glorify God and be loved by him, if we take the job in DC or we stay local, we can do that no matter what. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, fill in the blanks there for your own story, but yeah. Yeah. I always like to tell people, I was like, if we're seeking God, we're probably not going to walk out of God's will. Like if we're, if we're honestly seeking what God wants and there's this decision, if we make that decision in community with, and and you've been seeking God, then I just, I really feel like it's a hard thing. And sometimes God just says, Hey, you choose, I'll be with you. You choose and I'll use you. And so I think, and I think that's the same thing. Like what would a good father do? It's like, Hey, here's two good options. You choose, have fun, like go out and have fun. I think we, and that's kind of what you talk about. Like we over spiritualize every single thing to the point where we're trying to make job decisions or whatever it may be. And we're over, we're just making everything so complicated. And it's like, okay, take a deep breath, chill out. And I love what you said is like, we're not big enough to derail God's plan for our lives. And I would say, even if we do, like, I would just say, even if we do step outside of God's like perfect and pleasing will, I think there's always a drawback to his perfect and pleasing will. So it's not like something God knows what you're going to do. He knows what you're going to decide and he'll be there along the way. So I love, I love that. I loved your book. I think that everybody should, everybody in the entire world should buy a copy of Mike's book. Um, We can put the link in the show notes for you on Amazon. Is it just available on Amazon, right? Cool. So you guys can go do that. So we'll do all the shameless plugging for you, Mike, so you don't have to, because I'm pretty good at that. So yeah. uh, anyways, but I appreciate, some practice. <laughs> I've had lots of practice. Yeah. This And and for the people who aren't here, like this is actually how Mike and I met. So uh, it's kind of crazy, but we ended up meeting on Twitter because we were both kind of writing our first book at around the same time. And I thought Mike was like this cool, the coolest dude I've ever met. And I was like, I need to pick this guy's brain. He's done all this. Look at this book. It's amazing. Like he did it on Amazon. That's the beginning of Garrett's Twitter bromance novel. Seriously. So, uh, but anyways, it's just cool to see like what, how God has like used social media, marketing, all those things. And I think a lot of times what we've done with technology is said, we've just bashed and said, oh, you know, it's bad, it's evil. And here we are, like we have a friendship that we are still maintaining now even in closer proximity, which we'll get to that in a second. But God can use those mediums for his glory and for his will. And so I think sometimes we bash it and put it on, put it on. And sometimes it is a pedestal that should be taken down, but God can use all things for his glory. So 
we speaking of uh, we wanted to talk about your move to the great state of Kansas, right? So you're yeah. not not too far away. You realize how far Kansas is, why <laughs> with wise when I drove out. But we want to hear the story of your move to Kansas. What what you know? How did God bring you here, and what are you up to now? Yeah. Okay. So I um I started feeling called to plant a church around the time uh, I started in full time ministry. Uh, so I was newly married. 22 years old. And, uh, when I started feeling that way of like, man, I, I kind of feel like, you know, we could be called to do this one day because I was 22 and newly married and very new in ministry. I, I didn't say a word about it. I think I'm not telling anybody that I don't want anybody to know that because people are going to think I'm crazy. Um, and so I kind of just kept it close to my chest. Like I talked to my wife about it, obviously, and, um, close friends, you know, and, uh, over a period of time, so like over five or six years, I started getting all of these uh, these confirmations from people, uh, like unsolicited confirmations, where people would come up to me and say, "Hey, you ever thought about planting a church? Or we could see you planting a church one day." And uh, it, ha- it started happening so often that I started writing them down, uh, which is a good practice, you know, to write those things down. Um, and over that period of time, five or six years, it happened close to twenty times, where. I didn't go searching for it. It came and found me of, you know, these people were saying, you ever thought about doing this? And for me, I'd always heard, this is also a good just piece of advice. If you want to know something is God's will, he'll always confirm it in his word. And he'll all, and a lot of times he'll confirm it through other people. Um, and so it came time for us to put our yes on the table. And so, um, a big personal step for us that we wanted to take, uh, and this isn't for everybody. This was just something we wanted to do. Uh, was to be debt-free before we planted our church. Um, In my mind, I didn't want to raise a salary and then some of it be going to debt. That was my fault, you know? Um, And so our plan for that was to do this um, ministry called Apartment Life, uh, which I think is kind of popular in the Midwest. I I mean, I've talked to a few people that know what it is. It's very popular in the South. Um, But essentially, it's like a, it's like a, 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 it's a ministry. and You kind of operate as a missionary to an apartment complex. And then they pay two thirds of your rent while you're doing that. Um, and so we were going to use that, like sell our house, you know, use that money, pay off our debt. And uh, that was a two year commitment. And so that was the plan. And then we would launch the church from there. And that sounded in hindsight, way too easy. Uh, it, you know, it's never that easy or that, you know, simple. And so we went through the, uh, the process for this ministry and we got a, we had a, this was during like, height of COVID. And so everything was on Zoom. And we got this, uh, this, we got the interview, went through the whole process, got to the final interview. It's supposed to be a formality. And the person, um, we did the interview, it goes well. And then we find out, okay, there's another uh, couple that entered the mix. And long story short, they end up going with the other couple. And so we were like, okay, like it's not a big deal. And they told us like, this isn't a big deal. We're going to partner you with a different apartment complex. Like, all right. Sounds good. Next week we go to have that interview and 30 minutes before the phone call is supposed to start, we our, our phone rings and it's from the apartment life coordinator. And she's like, listen, I've never seen this happen before. I've worked here for seven years. I've never seen this happen, but there's not going to be an interview this morning. They walked in and cut our program this morning. And so I was like, okay, like two, yeah. like the first closed door not getting it is like, all right. And then this one, I was like, okay, that was God. And so I said, we're done with apartment life. Like, I'm sure they're great, but we're done with it. Um, and we ended up getting, you know, paying off our debt in another way. Um, and 
we basically started looking into locations as soon as that happened. Um, and we looked all over the country and hit a bunch of closed doors, not really feeling much peace. Actually visited another city and then ended up not feeling great about it. Um, and what's interesting is I go back to those 20 confirmations that had happened. Strangely enough, five of them involved Kansas. And so in the back of my mind, I know that Kansas is on, like, should be on the radar, but it wasn't for me. And uh, my wife knew that, you know, some of the team knew that. And so they said, listen, you know, it might be time to give Kansas a chance just because of everything else. And so we're like, all right, let's do it. And so we, uh, I, I, I set up phone calls with pastors in uh, Topeka, Lawrence, Wichita, and uh, Manhattan. Those are the four cities I was looking at and talked to them. They all basically you know they all essentially said the same thing like yes there's a, a need here you know like this is what it looks like here is need for more churches and uh so i was like all right well we need to go visit i said the problem is we don't have any money to go visit you know we're busy broken bothered and so we we have you know we don't have the margin to make this happen we had like a two-week window before services started back during you know covid time and so i was like we'll just make it out there eventually well a couple of days later the phone rings and it's my grandpa calls us out of the blue and he's like, Hey, I was just thinking about you guys and wanted to give you some money. Uh, no strings <laughs> attached. What he gave covered the cost of the trip. Okay. So we're like, all right, here we go. You know, this is something. And so we, uh, we go visit, we do these little day trips to these cities and, uh, fell in love with Lawrence. Um, and especially once we found out the spiritual climate in Lawrence. Um, and so, uh, just to kind of give you a perspective, there's a hundred thousand people roughly in Lawrence, uh, 24%, only 24% claim a relationship with Jesus and less than 10% attend church. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, kind of the, and especially if you, I mean, if you're in Kansas, you know, I mean, you know how, how Lawrence is. I'm used to explaining this back home to everybody because nobody knows anything about Lawrence, but, um, so yeah, I mean, we, uh, found out about the need, you know, we came home and, uh, I took about a week to kind of commit. That's a big commitment, you know? Um, and we, you know, we said yes. And the team came together and, uh, we started fundraising and the funds came in. Um, and I remember this was the craziest thing there. There was a, um, a few months after that, once we had already basically like got the ball rolling, um, this, uh, there was this guy that used to work at our church. Um, and like his name was Mike Lowry. I don't know like from bad boys. Um, but his name was literally Mike Lowry and he's like one of the OGs of our church. Like he helped start it back in the day and everything. And he's retired now, but he still like leads our singles ministry, like our, like widows and older singles and things like that. Well, I hadn't seen him in a while. I'm leaving the church later than normal on a Monday night. He's coming in for that ministry. And I'm like, man, I want to say hey to him. And so I go up to him and I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, good. He's like, y'all, y'all still thinking about planting a church in Lawrence, Kansas? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we are. And he said, you know, it's the craziest thing. He said, five years ago, when I was still working here, a letter came across my desk from someone asking us to plant a church in Lawrence, Kansas. Hmm. And I said, really? And he was like, he was like, yeah. And he said, I never answered them. I never answered the letter. And, uh, I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> and he, and he looks at me and he's kind of got this way about him, but he looks at me and he's like, but I guess you did. Hmm. And so, so we're excited to answer that call, you know, to, to plant a church here. 
And, uh, you know, we're about a year and a half into the process, only two months on the ground. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. We know that, um, that you guys have already started to do some outreach and everything for our audience. I I'm assuming some of like, I would assume some of our audience, they know people who live in Lawrence Mm -hmm. or they have friends that are going to go to KU, everything else like that. When are you guys launching, launching services? How can they connect with you? And then, um, I know that's a lot, but also how have you seen God move in Lawrence and what's he up to right now? Yeah. Um, so I would say, uh, if you are moving to Lawrence or coming to KU or you know somebody who is, um, thevalleyks.com. So the name of the church is the Valley Church. So thevalleyks.com, uh, is you can go get all kinds of information from there. Uh, send, you know, there's a email spot there, contact it. That goes straight to me. Um, and I would love to meet with you, talk with you. I'll buy your lunch, buy your coffee, uh, just to kind of, you know, hear where, where you're at. And, um, and in the meantime, we're starting services September 18th. So September 18th is our launch Sunday. Uh, but in the meantime, once a month, we're doing interest parties, uh, where you can come like hear the vision of the church, get to, you know, meet everybody. Um, and then you have an opportunity to join what we're calling the launch team. Uh, so essentially the launch team is just, uh, you, you're like the chief ambassador for the church, uh, in the pre-launch phase. And that's like inviting friends, sharing on social media, um, you know, just being an ambassador in, in every way for the church. Um, and, uh, and I know at some point, um, cause I know like a lot of times people will think, well, what am I going to do for church in the meantime? Um, so in the meantime, when the need arises, which we're getting to that point now, only, you know, two months in, um, of, we're going to start some small groups as well. So there'll be small groups throughout, uh, once the need arises, which, like I said, we just had our first interest party. Um, and our launch team is up to, I believe, right under 20 people. Um, and so we're getting to the point where we're going to have to do something like that. Uh, I would say from our, our first interest party, it was cool. There was a couple that came and, uh, they said, Basically, like we moved here and we've, you know, tried to find a church home, haven't really found one. And we have been praying for something like this, Wow! which is cool. And I heard that and I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But then and I, you know, I didn't think too deeply about it. I should have. But what was cool is our worship pastor, Jacob, he he talked to them more than I did. And Mm. he was the one telling me this. And he was like, what's cool about that? And I love this insight and the way he looked at it. He was like, we just spent a year and a half praying for people we hadn't met yet they're in Lawrence <laughs> praying for something that they don't know exists yet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden God brings us together. Yeah. Like that's, that's a pretty cool thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing just about, you know, what you guys are doing there in Lawrence. And if we can connect you to anybody in particular, we try, we will definitely try, but also reach out to Mike on social media um, and, and check out their website. So we'd love for you to get connected. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. And um, hopefully we'll have you back again soon. Uh